Welcome to the newest edition of the Screen Falls Podcast. My name is Carlos. My name is Brianna. And my name is Noah. And in this episode, we're going to be reviewing Men in Black International, Shaft, Late Night, and Ma, as well as talking about a little TV. Enjoy the show. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. How are you doing? <laughs> that was rough. What a start. <laughs> what a start. Um, anyway, yeah, so, you know, it's getting, I don't know, like, I feel, we. this is the second week in a row without Ozzy, just straight up. Um, so, this is getting a little, like, <laughs> like, he, he has valid reasons, like, he finally, like, he, I, I called him the other day, a little behind the scenes stuff we're starting with, I called him the other day, and I was like, hey, so what's the plan for this weekend? And he's like... All right, I'm not gonna lie. I haven't been telling you anything that's going on in my life, but here's everything that's going on with my life. And he just <laughs> tells me everything. I'm like, okay, like I get it. Um, so he's got a lot going on. Uh, hopefully, he'll be back next weekend. Uh, but that being said, um, I'm limping along here. But hope, but thankfully, I have these two uh, joining me yet again uh, to help me review these movies because um, not gonna lie, I've only seen one of these. <laughs> So we're talking about today. So without them, um, this would be a one review episode. Uh, but we're going to start with um, the big one, one of the ones I haven't seen, and that is Men in Black International. Uh, I was cautiously optimistic for this movie. Was I wrong to be optimistic? Yep. <laughs> oh, Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, looks like oh, we're gonna have okay. a little bit of differing opinions. All right, let's get going. Uh, let's start with Brianna. She seemed to be pretty certain of her opinion. Brianna. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Go for I it. I remember before before last week's episode, that I asked you. Um, I I asked you like, you know, what is your prediction for Men in Black International? And you were like, mm, I'm cautiously optimistic. And you were like, How about you? I was like, mm, I honestly think it's gonna suck. <laughs> And uh, I, I don't feel like I was proven incorrect. Um, I understand that I, I might, that uh, it's not, from my, from my understanding, it's not, there's not like a total consensus in one direction or the other. My parents loved it, but my brother and I were both in agreement that it was terrible. So, you know, who knows? No, what about you? <laughs> well, I got to be honest, guys. Uh... Someone must have neuralized me on the way out of the theater uh, with how forgettable uh, this movie is. No, I'm just kidding. I actually really enjoyed this movie. Um, I don't care what Brianna thinks. <laughs> um, it's, it, I, I found it to be satisfactory. And I should say, I, I went into this, like, you know, I looked at the reviews, a little bit of the reviews, and I was like, you know, it probably won't be very good. And by the end, I walked out, you know, that was that was a solid movie. I, um, I, I, don't really have any complaints. I don't think there's anything fundamentally wrong with it. There's no glaring character issues or problems with structure or pacing. It's a, you know, it's a solid, enjoyable summer movie. Interesting difference of opinions here. All right, well, I guess uh, let's start with positives. Uh, Noah, you seem to be a more positive person, so <laughs> what do you got? Uh, well, let's see. Um, I should say 
the main positive. The leads are pretty fantastic. I mean, Chris Hemsworth and Tessa Thompson have worked together before uh, in Thor Ragnarok, and they were a pretty good comedic duo. And it's kind of the same character that um, that uh, Chris Hemsworth plays. He's kind of the, this this broken uh, man hiding behind a shield of charisma. I should say that's kind of his shtick lately. You've seen it. You see it in um, Avengers: Infinity War and a bit in Ragnarok. But it's kind of, I mean, I I like that uh, characterization. I found his character in general to be pretty dimensional. I think. And uh, Tessa Thompson is is very fun. She's kind of this quirky um, sort of. I mean, she's very smart, but she's kind of like quirky, and she doesn't really care about relationships. And I thought that was that was just an interesting dynamic. And I think they leave it open in the end for these characters to kind of grow. And I say this not like, I mean, these this is not a fantastic movie. I don't think these are like incredible characters, but I think there's enough substance there that it was able to satisfy me even with my low expectations for this movie. Uh, so I think that those are the biggest pros. There are some interesting design and um, creative decisions, I think, in terms of like what certain aliens look like. Like the main villains, I loved the direction they went with, uh, with their, um, their, their look. It was very neat. Uh, they kind of, um, well, I, I won't talk about it. They're, they're, they're very visually interesting. They're like the most visually interesting piece in this movie. And yeah, I think those are my, my big two, two, two things. All right. Um, yeah. Um, Brianna, you probably will have less, uh, less positives to get into, but do you, what do you have in that area? Uh, I would say that I have the same, like, um, I actually, I'm no, I'm glad you brought up the villains because they were like the main pull of the movie for me. Mm -hmm. Um, as I was getting into, as we were like starting the movie, when you first start seeing the alien, uh, effects, I was like, Oh Lord, this is going to be so bad. (laughs) Um, and then we got to the main villains and I was like, okay, that's actually kind of cool. And then as their, their abilities kept coming out more and more, I was like, okay, that's actually really cool. Mm. (laughs) Um, Yeah. The, (laughs) Like, you're, you're absolutely right. I, I have to give you that. I have to give this movie that. Um, I I definitely wanted to know more about the villains. And, um, like, every time they came on screen, I actually, like, I, I'll i be honest. I, I committed the cardinal sin of texting during the movie because I was so <laughs> bored. I was so, but the thing is, I, I negate the colors on my phone and I turn the brightness all the way down. So no one knows. Same. Like Me too. I do yeah, that too. No, like nobody can tell because, you know, um, but whenever, whenever the villains were on screen, I would put my phone down and actually watch the movie. <laughs> <laughs> so they did capture my attention, even as someone who was like actively rooting against the movie. Um, also, I hate to say this because I, the design of this character was so obnoxious. Um, but Kumail Nanjiani's character actually has some genuinely funny moments and I'm always going to speak well of him because I love him and he's very charming and funny in a self-deprecating way. And that like, it doesn't always come through perfectly, but it definitely comes through a decent amount in this movie. Um, other than that, 
I mean, Chris Hemsworth is pretty, but <laughs> I can't say a whole lot about his character that I really thought was new or interesting. That's kind of where I draw the line when it comes to positives. It's uh-huh. it's not a total waste of time. You know, there are movies there are movies that I would be like don't don't see it because it's a total waste of time mm-hmm. um this isn't one of those movies like there are things there are good things that you can pull from it yeah um yeah I should definitely say um the trailer like I've watched the trailer a handful of times just because I, I I like uh what they were going for with the new sort of look and everything but the jokes in the trailer are I don't know who cut them together, but they, they really, they play a lot better in the movie. There's a lot of lines, especially from the, the pawn thing, mm. uh, which I, I also, character. yeah. Um, he's like, I, I don't even know how to describe his alien, uh, his, him as like what that alien race is like, but it's, it's very, I, I, I thought he had a lot of really funny lines. Um, and I enjoyed him. I thought I was going to hate him. I thought he was going to be really obnoxious and stupid based off what the trailer showed me. But, I thought he was he was very funny. And I mean he had his he had his moments where his jokes kind of fell flat, but for the most part, I thought he was pretty solid. Like mm. yeah. He was one of the he was one of the things about the movie that I actually really enjoyed for the most part. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. I will definitely say um this movie is it is it is riding so much on the charisma of its stars. Um <laughs> like that is that is that makes up so much of the substance of what I like enjoyed, like the, just the general likableness and charisma behind all of the actors involved is just yeah that that was probably the the big drive, and I think that's what most critics have said. But um, sounds, I still didn't. I mean, sounds like yeah. a Dwayne Johnson movie to me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Well, I guess it's time to get into negatives, uh, Brianna. I'm sure you have a lot to say here, so take it away. <laughs> Um, let's start with the alien effects. Uh, They're not excellent. <laughs> uh, They're not excellent. Uh, Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. Yeah. But is that um, terrible? Like, um, I mean, when you have, I, I mean, I don't know. They did a lot of really awesome practical things in the original movie. So, you know to jump forward into the 21st century and have it be this awful is kind of disappointing. I don't know if you've seen the two other Men in Black movies that have come out since. I have, and I didn't... (laughs) I specifically didn't mention them for that reason. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm talking about the first one because the first one's the best one, and it's actually a pretty good movie that I really enjoyed and is really special to me for nostalgic reasons. Um... I don't know. It's kind of like when you, I mean, Men in Black is obviously not known as like, it's a, it's a blockbuster. It's not known as like this incredible, you know, (laughs) landmark of cinema, but it's like akin to remaking the thing and only using CGI because it's the original had like a lot of really cool practical effects, not all, um, but cool, you know, interesting effects. And we kind of squat, we kind of, have gotten away from that and yes for the worse um so that was one big thing that i i didn't appreciate i also didn't find that tessa thompson's character had any substance didn't really find that chris hemsworth's character had any substance either um more than he could have uh 
but I didn't, maybe Chris Hemsworth is just such a movie star at this point that I don't really see his character. I just see Chris Hemsworth. And so he's got this like personality that follows him throughout films that is better done in some movies and less like done not so well in other movies. And I just didn't connect with him at all as a character in this movie because of that. Um, Tessa Thompson, I didn't think her character was like third dimensional at all. And I didn't like, I wasn't crazy about her performance either because, you know, she seems like she's, she kind of seems, she kind of struck me as like a theater actress in this movie with like really pronounced facial expressions, very like perfectly timed facial expressions. And it didn't feel like all that natural. Um, but I mean, you're not really going to this movie for like Oscar, Oscar winning performances either, I guess. Um, I thought a lot of the jokes kind of fell flat when they weren't coming from Kamel Mangiani. Um, also, Rebecca Ferguson. Can we get her, like, a little bit of respect, please? She is so <laughs> much better than this movie. I love Rebecca can we, Ferguson. Can we get her, like, an ounce of, of respect? <laughs> like, like, can we get that awful thing off of her head and pick her up out of the mud, please? What was on her head? <laughs> um, a really awful wig. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was like a weird stripe. She also had a third arm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That was pretty cool. Oh, gosh. What's she doing in this movie? I hate this movie just for that. <laughs> she plays... Um, <laughs> I haven't seen it. She plays Chris Hemsworth's ex, who's also, like, an alien illegal arms dealer. Yeah. And she's only in it for, like, seven minutes. Hmm. She barely looks so, like Rebecca Ferguson. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Um, is it strange? Yes. Does it work? Not really. Um, uh, I thought that they definitely could have done better. Uh, I mean, not better like in terms of casting, but she can do better like in terms of self-respect and roles that are worth her time. Jeez. All right. I don't know. It's just like, okay, come on. You're so much better than this. <laughs> this is not like, I mean, I guess everybody needs to eat, but... <laughs> um. I don't know. That's that's I don't know. That's really the extent. That's the extent of my opinion. I do remember right. thinking, "Oh my gosh, how much longer is this movie?" But <laughs> how long know, is it? It's not quite two hours. Yeah. Okay. Like an hour and fifty-four. I mean, that's like fine. I mean, it sounds fine for an action type movie, but I guess it depends on the movie. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, the movie I saw this weekend definitely was too long, and it was about the same runtime. So I guess that's fair. Um, <laughs> uh, Noah, yeah. what negatives do you have? Well, I'm gonna. I guess I'll start with the visual effects part. Okay. Um, personally, I don't find I I can't stand people uh, who uh, it's it, it feels like a base level movie criticism when you say, "Oh, this movie has bad visual effects. It's bad, bad CGI. CGI is ruining." the movie industry because i think that that's that's kind of a i'm, I'm sorry Brianna. i i just um I, I think it's kind of a it's a it's almost um you think it's it, a cop-out it's kind of a cop-out i mean you did bring up other points i'm not like coming down on you i'm coming down on people who that's their only criticism oh yeah um, definitely wasn't my only complaint <laughs> yeah yeah I, I understand that and i mean as someone i i understand 
a small amount of how the visual effects industry works. And I know there's a ton of like strain outside of like, like from all these movie studios because computer generated effects are so ubiquitous in movies these days. And there's only like, I mean, there's a handful of studios uh, or there's, there's a disproportionate amount of studios, visual effects studios to the people that are trying to solicit their work. Mm-hmm. And it, and it all comes down, it comes down to time and it comes down to money. Um, and I, I don't think that this movie, I mean, I'm sure they had a sizable budget, but it's a large effects-driven movie, and they had big-name actors in it. And um, it's entirely possible that there's just not that much to go around, and I don't think that's um, necessarily, like, a cop-out for criticism against this movie. But I personally, after seeing the visual effects, I got used to them, and I was like, all right, I guess this is how the movie looks. I, under, I kind of understand how it work, how that works. Oh. But the thing is, uh, I'm sorry, can I just no, chip in? Yeah. What I don't get is the visual effects for the villains were super cool. They were, yeah. And actually, like, pretty, and actually, like, really good. Yeah. And it was all, like, there's no way you could have done that practically. No. So I don't understand why it was so bad for the rest of the movie. I mean, I, I imagine it was, it was a product of emphasis like they want like the the main villains are important and they have to kind of look good um and i also thought it was funny how like these main villains they kind of mimic people mm-hmm. and that's a that's another thing the trailer does not tell you what the plot of the movie is correctly that's actually not what's going on in the movie they say that mib has been infiltrated and that it could be anyone and they allude to the fact that whatever their enemy is it's like able to shapeshift and replicate and look like anyone. And that's actually not what the villains can do that they're, they don't demonstrate they're able to do that. Um, but I think that, I mean, the, just the main villains, they got to look good. And then they have kind of these throwaway villains, which are just not, excuse me, not or throwaway villains, throwaway aliens uh, that are just supposed to look like aliens. And I think that's kind of a bit of the charm is that they look really goofy and kind of silly looking like these don't look like a realistic what a realistic alien might look like they look like kind of a cartoon alien it's kind of like a it's like a classic sort of goofy looking weird alien that you might see in one of those pulpy like fake news articles from like Like the from the 50s yeah 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 and they they um they reference that sort of thing in the first minute black and they, you know, they do that sort of thing again in this minute black. So, yeah. But I, I mean, I guess, I guess what I didn't like about it was how distracting it was to yeah. have such cool visual effects for like 30% of the time. And then the yeah. rest of the time it's just bad. And I get, I, I understand that you have to prioritize if, when you do have a limited budget. Um, mm-hmm. And I guess I can't really complain that they focused most of their efforts on the villains because the end product was like one of the most appreciable parts of the film. But it is kind of, you got to admit, it's kind of distracting to have it be like really cool for one part and then the rest of it's just kind of lame. Yeah. And I should say, I mean, it is the only thing that looks bad in the visual effects department are the aliens. Like, I think we should make sure to, to point that out. Cause like all the Which other stuff, kind of a big part of a minute. I mean, I guess that's a big part, but there aren't that many aliens that look like aliens that are essential to the plot. Like you, I forget her name, but, um, the, the lady who has three arms, like that's yeah. She's, she's just, um, a woman with weird hair with that has three arms. 
and her guy does look pretty goofy. He looks like he could come from like a, an episode of Doctor Who, but um, yeah, I, I don't think uh, aliens aren't super prevalent in this movie. I, I don't want to say as opposed like uh, to the the main villains. The main villains are obviously very big, but um, I can't think of many instances where aliens were very big until and they were they were they were pretty prevalent in the beginning but not so much towards the middle and end i don't think i mean there's like there's one alien that's pretty consistently present throughout the the latter two-thirds of the movie and i didn't think his effects were all that excellent yeah um but i mean of course i'm gonna i'm not in any way trying to invalidate your opinion of course i'm gonna sit here and poo-poo on the movie because i did (laughs) i didn't like it and yeah. I knew, and maybe that's because I walked in and I didn't think I was going to like it. I walked in fully <laughs> expecting to hate it, and I did. I mean, um, I also walked in thinking this is going to be garbage. I didn't think I, don't th- I didn't think it was going to be fun. Oh, I thought it was going to be a little bit fun, but um, I definitely, I don't, yeah, I, I felt like I was in some way proven wrong. And I mean, to a certain extent, I feel like I was proven yeah. wrong. You know, like you said, Pawnee's, um personality was definitely not nearly like he was not for the most part he wasn't obnoxious at all he actually mm-hmm. like contributed something interesting mm-hmm. and lighthearted to the story um while i'm again not crazy about his effects um i mean i how do you make a character that looks like that look like an actual thing that could actually exist he looks like a like an easter egg that mutated into I I don't know something so with eyes and legs. <laughs> no, I love how he looks. <laughs> I will not take any other form of funny than the one that was given to me in this movie. Okay, <laughs> I'll take him in the form of Kamal Nanjiani as an actual just, cast member with practical like, effects. <laughs> uh, I, not that they not that they could have done that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, with practical effects, I understand. Like people are like, oh, practical effects, they're they're way better than visual effects because like they're real and i i get that but it's it's still like the industry has shifted so much so much towards visual effects that to ask for practical effects in the way that they delivered on in the original is it's it's i don't think it's ever gonna you know it's it it works in some movies but like they there's probably not many effects houses that can actually provide the sort of stuff that they used to i don't, I don't know I mean, I, I'm still going to sit here and complain when it looks bad because it looks Back bad. <laughs> All right. All right. I That's mean, fine. you know, it's like when a restaurant used to serve good food and now the food's uh, bad and they're uh, like, we changed our menu. Like, you just have to get used to it. Okay. Well, the old food was still better. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I, I think right, well, differ in certain, in certain cases. Sometimes they just look like puppets. They don't look like, <laughs> they don't look like real things. They look like puppets. Well, uh, this is me contributing my negative opinion of Men in Black. <laughs> Effects, not a fan. Oh, my God. All right. <laughs> Noah, what other positive or negatives do you have? Excuse me. Um, I actually forgot about a positive. Remember I said in Booksmart I liked when they played an Anderson Pack song? Oh, no. uh, they they okay. played another Anderson Pack song. I was, okay. so, I was, like, I was so happy. And it was my second favorite Anderson Pack song. I was like, yes, yes, my guy. Um, let me think. What uh, a summer for you! What a summer for me. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I I can't. 
I can't seem to think of any negatives anymore, okay. Nate. Right. Honestly. I mean, Brianna, do you have any other negatives? I was going to say, <laughs> I can help you. <laughs> Please help me. Because, like, I mean, you know, hello characters I, I, and bad visual effects are just. I feel like, I do feel like I've torn this movie a bit of a new one. So I should probably back off. <laughs> Um, I don't know. I, yeah. I still feel confident in my position, so you can't. I don't tone it that I, I'm not, much. I'm not trying to convince you. Um, I, I, and I should probably just say maybe going forward, I should go in with a bit more of an open mind. Um, <laughs> when you compare the, like what this movie was expected to be and what we actually got, it, it's be- It's probably better than I, better than I expected. Okay. If I'm being honest, because I did not expect to, I I just expected it, it. It looked like a completely brainless summer blockbuster, and that's kind of what it is. But it's definitely yeah. got more content to it, like more appreciable content than I thought it would. So compared to my projections, it was better than anticipated. But you know when you have no expectations, you really only can go up. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Um, one so. thing that I, I, I liked is, I mean, it is men in black international and they kind of do deliver on that international thing. I did feel like they, they, they traveled a significant number of places. They go to like the middle East, they go to this Island somewhere. Um, and I don't know. I kind of, I kind of like that globe trotting aspect that they kind of brought to it. Like they're, they're traveling, through all these areas and these crazy space technologies and these underground subways that can go really fast. And it all felt very, very zany and energetic, which, yeah, that's a bit charming to me. Yeah. That was another thing that I wasn't crazy about, if I'm being honest. (laughs) Okay. All right. Just because because when you, uh, the international part, I'll give you, it's interesting because obviously in the original, it was like, okay, they're really only hanging out in New York, but this is like a global a global issue like all the aliens in the world are in new york um which i mean i guess is part of the joke but um this kind of makes it does give it a bit more scale so i'll give you that but like the way that they're traveling like when they're traveling in this underground subway it, they, it shows like the entire thames lighting up and i'm like okay how secret can this organization possibly be if this is how poorly you're hiding things, it kind of brings to light how not secret the MIB is based on how, like how big the scale is. And I hate to be the, I hate to be the cinema sins. I hate to be that person. <laughs> I hate, I, I really hate being that I person. I understand. But at the same time, I'm like, there's no way that like, you're not neuralizing anyone. Cause I, I can give you the benefit of the doubt. You know, I can see you stand there in a crowd of 30 people and you're neuralizing them and like believe that the light got all the way to the back of the crowd and they're, you know, hearing everything that you say, but who is going to see the light under the Thames and not wonder what's going on. And you're not neuralizing them. Like you're not keeping a secret at this point. Yeah. I mean, in some ways that's kind of that they, they touch on that in the movie the main character was failed to be neuralized and everyone thought she was crazy for the most of her life. So well, I'm yeah. surprised based on how badly they keep the secret. I'm surprised it took her as long as it did. <laughs> well, I don't find know. Them. Spo- I guess we're getting we're getting into spoiler territory, but it's only in like the first ten minutes of the movie that all this happens. So 
And it's in the trailer. Yeah, they yeah. showed it in the trailer. They showed yeah. her finding them in the trailer? Yes. My bad. Yeah, she's I've like, not, I found you. I've not been paying attention at all to, <laughs> to anything, guys. I mean, I've seen a couple movies, but, like, so much has fallen through the cracks because I'm working, like, 60 hours a week now. So... Fair. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I feel that I had to cram like two movies in today. Yeah. <laughs> and we appreciate you for it, Noah. Absolutely. Yep, so we can have this so conversation. That, exactly. So that I can sit about here and antagonize you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. You All guys right. want to rate it and we can move on? Yeah. Go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I guess she okay. wants you to start, Noah. Right. So take it away. Um, uh, oh, a, a small thing. You know, okay. it, there's a gag in the original Men in Black about celebrities that are actually aliens. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, I don't know. Do you want to hear the ones? Because I th- I thought they were kind of funny. For for they this have one. The same gag for this movie. They did oh, the same gag. Yeah, gag. go for it. I don't think that's a big spoiler. So go yeah, for it's it. not a big spoiler. <laughs> Um, Ariana Grande, Elon Musk, and Donald Glover are all aliens in this movie. I and can they buy make all line. of those. Yeah, I know. They make a line. It's like, it's always the ones... Wait. No, yeah, they say, oh, it's always the ones you you most expect. And then it cuts to, like, Donald Glover on the screen. And then uh, Tessa Thompson goes, no, that one. That one makes sense. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's that, that's funny. Oh, man. Uh, I would give... Um, you know, after seeing Dark Phoenix, which was the last movie I saw in theaters, this movie could... <laughs> This movie did a lot more for me than that did. So um, I would give it a solid, solid 6.4. All right. Uh, Brianna, what about you? Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to gravitate toward the lower end of the scale on this one, um, but probably not as harsh as you'd anticipate. I'm going to give it a 3.75. All right. Okay. All right. Sounds um, good. It's funny because, like, I was waiting for, like, that one scene that, like, totally ruins the movie that's just, like, so stupid. Like, how could they possibly, like, put the thing to put this in the movie? And it never really comes. It's kind of, it's a consistent, like, whatever. <laughs> um, if, if you don't, if you're not on board in the first 20 minutes, it's pretty much the same. It's very consistently, mm-hmm. however it is. So, yeah. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I guess I'm kind of in, I mean, I would, I, I still kind of want to see it. But at the same time, it's like, e- even the positive review here didn't get me, like, too excited. It just seems like it, a generic summer movie, which is like, I don't know, maybe I'll catch it in the Dollar Theater or something. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I saw it for free. So it's like, you know, <laughs> that, that I, might I help a little bit, too. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, no wonder I hated it. I paid for it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, well, Brianna, I know you've got to get going, so we'll let you check out here, and we will power on without you. I don't know how you'll do it. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> I miss her already. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Without me dragging you down with my negativity. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. All right. Uh, we'll see you uh, back. We'll we'll have you back. I'm sure uh, relatively soon. Uh, you, I'll be back. Yeah, soon. yeah, yeah. We we got tons of movies movies coming out. Uh, so we're gonna need help keeping up with them all. I'm sure. So, again, Brianna, thank you for joining us. Uh, we'll see you on the next one. It's my pleasure. 
Alright, well now it's my turn. The one movie I did see this weekend is probably the most random movie on... Well, I don't know. We have some pretty random movies that we're reviewing today. But this one's pretty random. It's Shaft. Um, <laughs> this, this is a, the Samuel Jackson uh, vehicle. And this is... And this is going to be a major part of uh, my review. This is uh, from a film series. I've never heard of this series at all. I don't know if you have uh, the Shaft movies, um, but I this, have. This is the thing. Um, I had no idea going into this, and uh, I it's it definitely plays a role in my uh, perception of the movie. <laughs> all right. Um, <laughs> This movie, why did I see this movie? Let's start with that. I saw this movie because I heard <laughs> it was terrible. I heard this movie was awful, and I, I I was morbidly curious. Sometimes I just like to torture myself. And um, Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, you got us. Yeah, exactly. So I, I was like, you know what? They have Men in Black covered. There's no reason for me to go in on Men in Black. Let me just see this garbage. And that was my attitude going into this movie, and I think that's a theme playing throughout this episode is expectations. Rana was talking about it on her Men in Black <laughs> review. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I fully admit that expectations might play a role into this, but in the opposite fashion that it did for Brianna, where I was expecting this movie to be terrible, and it's not like the worst movie ever made. <laughs> like, I don't know. It's... Yeah, that sounds like my review of Men yeah, in Black. <laughs> like, exactly. Like, yeah. I mean... It's it's got some moments where it made me chuckle, and I was like kind of annoyed at myself that I was chuckling, but you know, uh, it made me chuckle. And Samuel Jackson, he he has some solid moments of just being like the charismatic, you know, dropping the <laughs> dropping the mfers like all over the place. Uh, Samuel Jackson, <laughs> where you're just like, eh, I'm enjoying Samuel Jackson's presence in this movie. Um, I don't want to say it has decent action, but, like, they're not terribly filmed. It's just, it's not necessarily riveting action. Um, it's just, it's fine. But the thing is, and I'm, I'm just going to, I'm going to start negative and work my way positive. We're going to reverse it for this one. Um, this script is garbage. <laughs> um, <there's, laughs> the dialogue is rough. It really is rough. And some of the things that these actors have to chew on and have to like get through is just it's it's yikes um and, and there's like good actors in this movie like samuel jackson's in this movie uh alexander ship is in this movie um regina hall's in this movie so like it's not like there's like complete no ones in this movie um and some of them do their best with a garbage script i think samuel jackson's able to make some sequences that shouldn't work like kind of work um, but honestly, my biggest problem with this movie is that Samuel Jackson, I guess, is like, he, he's the co-lead, and, uh, the other lead is the guy who plays his son, uh, Jesse Usher. Mm -hmm. Uh, this man cannot, uh, get through the, the I can't tell, <laughs> like, it's, it's one of those things where you can't tell if it's him or if it's the script. Or if it's just a disaster uh, combination of both. And I think it's a disaster combination of both. Because now I'm looking at his filmography and, um, oh my gosh, he's an Independence Day resurgence. And he plays Will Smith's son in that movie, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> he's um, the son of 
famous black actors. And oh my gosh, he is terrible in that movie as well. So it's yeah. him. It's him. Um, yeah, uh, I don't know why they cast this man, but he is terrible in this movie. Um, I'm sorry, like uh, I, you know, if you're if you're listening to this, uh, Jesse Usher, I'm sorry, but um, you get get a better agent. Do I don't know what to tell you. Pick better scripts because you need help wait, um, with this. Wait, hold on, hold on. Why would he be listening to this? I don't know. You never know. Is that the level he's at? Yeah, this is this is what you know. This is what he's uh, going to be reduced to. I don't know. It's like, yeah. oh man. Um, anytime he is on the screen, it's just it's it's a pain. It really is. Like you're just like, please get Samuel Jackson back on the screen. Maybe he can say, save this scene. Maybe he can save this movie, and he does to an extent. But yikes, um, he just this this man cannot carry a movie. Um, it it was rough. Um, so yeah, that's like my biggest problem with this movie is that it, there's some rough dialogue, and our lead quote unquote actor does not elevate it at all. Um, so it's just. Uh, like and that's a pretty like the script is a pretty pretty big <laughs> element of the movie the dialogue you know the movies the, the talkies you know you have to talk um, so that's an element of it uh, that's <laughs> it didn't, uh, it, it, it's kind of important and uh, it struggles there uh, that being said um, some more positive Sam Jackson like I said he there there's there are some moments where I, like I'm there were people in my theater who were like laughing the entire time and I, I was like rolling my eyes that, that it was happening. But there were moments when <laughs> there, there were moments that it actually did make me laugh. Now there are also moments that will kind of lead me into like this being a film series thing, and I don't even know how far back this film series goes, but this there's some parts of this movie that and some jokes in this movie that they're kind of the things that when you, you know how you watch like a movie from like, like a comedy from like the 80s or something, and there's, there's a good portion of the time, I'd say like 30 to 40% of the time, you're sitting there going, Ugh, that would not be a joke made in a movie today. Uh, there is a lot of that in this movie, but this movie was made, uh, this movie is being released in 2019. Um, there's a lot of humor that's like, Wow! Oh, they made that joke. Um, this is not the '70s, my friend. Like, it's there's some moments where I'm just like, "Yikes! This is not a joke we make in 2019." And um, yeah, there's a lot of gay jokes. There's a lot of uh, very misogynistic humor. It's just there's some rough uh, elements of this movie. And again, it goes back to some of the writing. Um, yeah, I I don't know. That was a rough element of that. Um, yeah, uh, like I said, the biggest positives are Sam Jackson and the, the mystery of it all, because basically the idea is, uh, our lead character, like one, one of his childhood friends, uh, used to be a drug addict and now like he, he's clean, but then he mysteriously dies from overdose and they don't believe that he died. So he thinks there was foul play involved and he goes to investigate that. And he teams up with his dad, who's a private investigator who he never was close with. And that's the whole concept of this movie. And the mystery of it, like, it kind of worked. It, it gets dumber as we get along. Some of the excuses for wanting to hit plot point, hit, hit the next plot point, get a little silly towards the end. But I did, like, find myself trying to guess, like, okay, what's going to happen? So I guess it worked on that level as well. Um, 
yeah, that's basically all I got in terms of positives. Uh, uh, but as I'm talking about, like, with the film series thing, there's a lot that I felt like... There, there were a lot of moments in this movie where I felt like I was sitting there going, I feel like they're calling back to something, but I have no idea what they're calling back to. And like they're making, That's what I was going to ask you. They're making a deliberate effort to like reference something, and I was just, That's it's funny. going right over my head. I have no idea what they're talking about. That's really funny. And it's <laughs> like, but the thing is, it's okay to have those moments, but it was very, very noticeable. And, like, I had, again, I had zero idea. Like, this isn't even, like, a thought in my mind that this could be a series that I'm missing, like, something that I'm coming in on at all. And I'm sitting there going, why are they making, having these moments that are, like, like, ah, ah, remember this? Ah." And you're like, no, I don't. (laughs) And I, I was so confused. And, again, I don't know if that's necessarily a negative, but at the same time, it's, like, (laughs) <laughs> I don't think this is, like, I've never heard of this series. It, I don't think it's the most popular thing in the world. Maybe just have it be a straight reboot. Like, I, I don't know. And I guess it kind of is, but at the same time, why are you making such deliberate efforts to be like, uh, uh, like, have it be a little more subtle than that so people who are just trying to enjoy this movie for itself are not like me going, what the heck is happening in those moments? Um... Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, do you think that's like, is that a fair criticism or is that just something that's like, I should have known? I, I I'll take either answer. Enough. It's fair <laughs> enough that you don't know about Shaft. Shaft, I've I've heard of Shaft, and from what I'm looking at, he's uh, it's it's an early black exploit black exploitation movie in the '70s. Yeah, that's what and I got. I think it was a yeah. television series, um, which is neat. I do like that. I think I might watch the original Shaft. Um, to get that sort of, you know, 70s, mm-hmm. 70s sort of style. Um, I don't think it was smart to remake the the movie because it doesn't sound like it carries any of that that sentiment. It sounds like it's just kind of not really repackaging. It's repackaging it in name only. Yeah. Um, so I, with that reason, I don't know if, you know, those callbacks being as blatant as they are. It's like, it's like when you're, <laughs> is it like, like if you're not a Marvel fan and you go to see a Marvel movie and <laughs> Stanley shows up and you're like, who was that? It's what? like, uh, why are we having this moment just focused on this guy that I have no connection to whatsoever? Yeah, I mean, what that that had to be an Easter egg or something like yeah, that. Yeah, like, like um, <laughs> or, um, in in Pirates of the Caribbean and like the third one, they have like Keith Richards there or something yeah. like that. And like I remember seeing that as a kid and being like, who was that guy? Like why was why do they pay so much attention to that? And it's like, because he's a rock star, and that's sort of like the thing. Yeah. With, uh, yeah, that's funny. It, it was so, uh, it was just a strange experience. And, like, um, I think, and, and that's one of the things, like, maybe it just, it's not on the scale of what you're just mentioning, but it, I think it gives me a little taste of what it might be like for someone who's never seen a Marvel movie to step yeah. into one of those things. And... And and to me that that was that's always my question and um, one of the reasons that I'm a little more harsh on those movies than say Ozzy is because it's like th- they're like part of a series and yes like there is an element of like it needs to be a, a movie that stands on its own and if it's just calling back to other things then it's not really standing on its own it might work in the context of the whole thing but as its own entity does it. Uh, and yeah, so I don't know. That's just an interesting discussion point. But yeah, Shaft. Yeah. Um, 
I don't know. It's if you go watch it, like you might be mildly entertained, but if you don't want to hear uh, some in, rather insensitive jokes, then maybe you should check this out. <laughs> um, if you don't like care about, because this movie very much is like trying to be like, hey, the seventies, like we're gonna shoot in that style and we're gonna have funky oh. music. Oh, uh, okay. Well, then now I'm interested. Eh, I didn't know if that was the case. No, it's. I mean, it's got like I don't know. It's just. It feels very strange. Like I don't. I think it tried to do it, but I don't think it succeeds very well. Um, Do they play Anderson Pack? That's important. I I wouldn't know. I'm sorry. Ah, well, you should know. (laughs) All right. You should. He's very. He's. He's got. That's. That's his style. He's very uh, neo soul sort of funky defunct and stuff like that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I'm giving this movie like. 4.5 like it's it's got moments of like where you're like eh okay like that was that was kind of funny but overall the script is just so rough it really is and our lead is so he struggles a lot he really does um so yeah I I'm I'm, I try I try not to just rip into people on this podcast but uh sometimes it's it's hard uh, they make it really hard. Uh, let's move on um, to a movie that came out a couple of weeks ago at this point. But yeah, I think so. Um, but we, we, we wanted to review. Like I, I wanted to see this movie. I kept trying to see this movie. I just couldn't get to it. Ma, um, this is the yeah. Octavia Spencer uh, vehicle horror movie. Yes. Um, is it, was it worth it? All right. Well, it's it's an interesting. It's kind of an interesting movie because uh, it's not terrible. Um, I usually go into these. I mean, you can through watching the trailer, with, just like through looking at the poster, you can usually quantify <laughs> what tier horror movie or thriller. Yeah. This is more like what we're working with here. And I didn't have very high expectations, so I went in. You know, whatever. It might be. Uh, it might be okay. You know, it's got Octavia Spencer. It actually has. It has Diane Silvers, who we last saw in Booksmart, mm-hmm. which was great there, and a relatively smaller role. And uh, they're both. They're both very uh, good actor actresses, and they do a very good job in this movie. I think in general, all of the performances are pretty solid. Um, and we're talking from like you know this expectation. I think many horror movies of this style generally just kind of hate teenagers and hate young people. Like they, 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 they write them in such a way that makes you think, wow, you just really, really don't like this, this generation. You just want to see him die. It's just kind of like a punishment for them. Uh, But this movie, it writes them a bit sympathetically. It writes them realistically and it writes them in a way where I, I feel like I could know these people and it writes them. uh, I, I think that's, that's a solid aspect to the movie. I think it's a solid foundation that we can work off of. I think uh, Octavia's Ma is an interesting character as presented to us in the beginning. She's kind of, she's this woman who's, I mean, she's an older woman and she wants, well, it seems as though she wants friends. I won't give away spoilers, but it seems like she wants friends and she's willing to hang out and do things for these teenagers if they consider her to be friends. And, I will say there is a twist that subverts that assumption that I that I'm not entirely on board with. Hmm. Um, I don't think it works. I think I think it's it doesn't work to really bring home the movie. You don't really it, it kind of it, it switches it up towards the end, and you feel well you feel differently about her 
at the end as opposed to I don't know. I, I think it I think it would have been better if they had kept that that sympathetic sort of old because that that's that's something that can really uh, tug on people's emotions. Like you see, oh, the old person like, oh, they're lonely. They want friends. That's something that everybody can relate to. But they kind of, I mean, they change that. It's not that's not how it ends. Um, so in that way, I think it's interesting. There are a couple of uh, form aspects like cinematography and editing that I thought were a bit ambitious. Um, sorry, um, the uh, the framing in a couple scenes is a bit iffy. They're going for they're trying to um, fit characters into the into like just the edges. It's this interesting looking framing where that I've seen in a couple of of newer. It's pretty trendy. It's in a lot of um, newer indie type movies and uh they try to pull it off and in some ways it kind of looks goofy you'll have one character take up uh half of the frame in the foreground and another character in the background very far away in the background on like the left side of the frame and it just looks silly i don't know if these the wrong lenses i don't know what their what their idea was or what, what they were going i imagine that's just kind of a weird thing and sometimes just the framing in general doesn't fit everything on screen I, i'm thinking of like a specific scene in general that just kind of didn't work in the way that they tried to show multiple rooms of a house in multiple layers in like the foreground and the background and multiple characters and it's like they couldn't fit it in the frame so in that ways you can sort of see the the limitations i suppose of of their abilities i don't know that sounds very condescending and kind of mean but that's the only way i can quantify it yeah um let's see what else what else do i got um there the story also i'm not even like talking about pros and cons i'm just kind of because it's like it's difficult to think about pros and cons for this but the story and the way that the film kind of edits it together has some minor problems there will be moments where it seems like characters have just sort of reached a breaking point with ma and they're like, we don't want to talk to you anymore. We're kind of like, like there's a moment where it seems as though they can't really go back to associating with Ma. And then like the next scene, they're back to associating with Ma. Like it doesn't feel as though there's any continuity or continuation of stakes or like rising tension and action. The end of the movie just kind of like, towards the end of the movie, they just kind of flip it and say, look, it's not looking good. All right. It's a problem. Uh, Ma's gonna be Ma's doing stuff or whatever, um, and 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 I don't think that that's uh, I don't, I don't think it totally worked. I don't know what the problem was, but it just like it was very jarring when you'd have like there are like red flags from the beginning with these teenagers hanging out with Ma like in literally the first time they're at her house she does something that's just like oh well um. I don't think I'll be going back there. I think I'll find another place to just drink or something. But, um, yeah. And uh, there's some smaller details that just kind of like, like I guess you might call them plot holes. I hate using that word, but <laughs> just ways in which uh, the plot sort of goes back on itself. Um, like one of the reasons that they go and hang out with Ma is because is so they don't get caught just going because they want to find a place to party and to drink mm-hmm. and um, because they get caught one night when they're out at like this like quarry sort of area or this big like there's all these broken down stone piles or whatever i think i think that's what they call it, like the stone pile yard or whatever mm-hmm. 
and uh, they get sort of caught by the police and they get let go, but they're like, oh shoot, well, we need to find a place to hang out. And then they go to Ma's and then like uh, about 40 minutes later, the dad of the main guy who's been driving around just reveals that he's had a tracking device on his son's car the whole time. So he's, he's known where he's been the whole time. And despite the fact that he, he called the police on his son when he found out that he wasn't where he was supposed to be. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of like, I mean, that's just a small detail. Like why, like that, it's, it's a deal in the movie that I kind of just thought of, I just realized. And um, there's some, some minor things. It's a weird theme about, um, well, it's not really weird. It's a smaller detail that I thought was kind of at a bit more dimension to this story. Uh, their parents, the parents of all the kids involved with Ma, have a history with Ma. I'm spoiling the movie right now, but it's old. I feel like I can talk about it. Okay. <laughs> it's like as long as you don't so spoil deep. like the ending, because I feel like that's supposed to be like a big deal or something. So. Not really. I don't know. The ending just kind of... They were, I, they they, were making, they, like, this whole Twitter campaign of, like, don't spoil Ma, which is, like, you're not the Avengers, what? calm down. Are but you kidding me? <laughs> like, yeah, There's that was a nothing, thing. absolutely <laughs> nothing special about this movie's ending. Nothing, nothing it just happens. It's, it's not being built towards, there's no tension. It's just like, oh, shoot, well, there goes that. Yeah, um, I feel like because of Endgame, the studios are going to start doing this now, where it's like, don't spoil like, the it, ending. It's really important that you go see this movie right now. <laughs> but it's like, it's really not. I saw this movie, and it's like, it was me and the person I saw it with, and it's just us. Nobody in the theater. I, I think this movie's done. Um, uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, there's there's this added dimension to it where the parents have associated with Ma before, so they know her, mm-hmm. and that comes in later in the movie. I think that's in the um, trailer, isn't it? It might be. If it is, then they're just ruining their own movie. <sighs> I, I'm ruining it for I thought I was ruining it for them, but no, they've done it before. Um, so, yeah, that, that's, that's interesting in how they kind of play out on that, but the way in which they incorporate that into the theme is very last minute and mm-hmm. doesn't really work it doesn't seem like it was a part of the movie it's just kind of like tacked on there at the end so this is my general thoughts about ma i guess it's it's not terrible there's not really anything scary about it the end is kind of just like sort of body horror and um and a bit of gore and if you're not a big fan of needles there's a lot of needles in this movie (laughs) a lot of needles a lot of injecting people from behind with needles (laughs) Um, right. yeah, so what do you yeah, got? I'd say it's like a, it's like a, like a four. I think it's a four. All right. Um, yeah. only thing I have to say about this movie is that it's, uh, basically the prime example of why Blumhouse is successful. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, they're the Blumhouse formula. If you don't know, it's make very, very cheap horror movies, have them do moderately well at the box office, and make tons of money. Uh, this movie was made for $5 million, and it's made almost $52 million. Um, they, almost, they almost multiplied their money by 10. So, yeah, they're doing fine. Um, that's the Blumhouse formula for you, working uh, to the fullest. Yeah, which, I, honestly, I just I don't like... I don't like the Blumhouse formula. I mean, there's been, like, like they... 
they like fill out certain areas of the of the year. Like I feel, I think, I think the Prodigy was, um, which is another movie I reviewed, another horror movie. I mm. think that was a Blumhouse movie, but they like, they fill out just parts of the calendar year that are just, and and it's 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 kind of just a bland, yeah, weird movie. I think they also did Escape Room. I don't know, but it's like probably that sounds about right. <laughs> they yeah, all sound sounds, like, like Blumhouse like, movies, you know, like they're generic. Yeah, <laughs> Like horror movie three that comes out this year, you know, it's just like yeah, when I said um, when I said yeah, there's these movies that are just like that tier of horror movie. I was talking about Blumhouse movies, <laughs> and, and I, and I don't want to like completely like I'm sure they've had successes. Like I'm sure we're no. forgetting like their big like successes, but no, I, I love it because that's how they market every single one of these yeah. terrible movies. They'll say from the producers of Get Out yeah. and The Conjuring. And it's yeah. like, oh, I like Get Out and The Conjuring. I'll go see this. It's like, no, they yeah. didn't do anything. It's just from the people who spent very little money on those two movies. They also didn't put a lot of money into this movie. Go see this movie. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Not, yeah. Um, well, <laughs> that, that wraps up our discussion on Ma and uh, Blumhouse, uh, which could have its own podcast for the discussion, honestly. Um, we will move on to another movie you saw. I, I told you that this movie came out this weekend. Uh, did you even know about this movie? Like, I feel like I've seen the trailer maybe once for this movie. And I just say, hey, or I just said to you, I think this movie's coming out this weekend, so if you want to see this. Um, uh, yeah, late night. Uh, did, have I, you I did, see, did you know it was coming out? <laughs> did you know what it was? I did. I have seen, um, I've seen, I think, a trailer once or twice. And I remember my thoughts were like, oh, that looks cute. <laughs> and then I forgot about it until um until you told me to go see it. And uh yeah, it's uh it's not, you know, it's not exceptional. I I think of the pros, we'll go with the pros. I can't I cannot think of any negatives. That's a thing. I I the pros well, I guess the negatives are more a symptom of comedies in general. I'll get mm. into that. But the pros, uh the dialogue is pretty snappy. It makes a bit of social commentary about sort of women and their place in comedy and their place in Hollywood. It's a bit subtle in that aspect, but you get the sense that it's like it was made with that sort of uh, thought in mind. And I thought Written that was by it, Mindy Kaling, right? Uh, I'm sure. I yeah, she, I didn't. She know did write it. All yeah. of it. Yeah, I mean, it also stars. I should say stars Mindy Kaling and Emma Thompson. And for those who haven't seen it, we probably should have <laughs> uh, done a little quick review. Uh, Emma Thompson plays a wildly successful late-night host. She's basically the David Letterman of this world. I'm sure Letterman also exists, but uh, she's been very successful. She was a successful comic, and she sort of uh, built her brand upon being very smart and uh, analytical in, in, in her comedy and very proper almost because she's British. And uh, Yeah, of course. And so she's sort of rode the, that wave of popularity until the uh, for the past 10 years, her show has slowly declined in quality. And that's where um, they decide, well, we should get more relevant. We should hire uh, diverse and uh, more, you know, in touch group of people. So they hire Mindy Kaling, who's literally the first woman they see. They're like, we need to hire a woman. And they interview a guy, and they interview her, and they're like, "All right, you're a woman. You're also Indian. You're hired." So that's how she gets that job. And they make a joke about that. And it's pretty funny, but um, 
in terms of like this is not really a comedy it's more of like a feel good sort of movie there's not a lot of there's no romance the jokes i think are funny but it's more it's if you really like mindy kaling and you like emma thompson in general it it does do similar things where it's kind of riding off their charisma and their sort of natural like i feel like that's how mindy kaling is Mm. and i don't know if that's just like her character is is how she is in real life and i don't know if that's a symptom of the only roles i've seen are her in this movie and her in the office but i i feel like that's just how she is I don't know. Well, if she wrote the movie and if she wrote it with herself in mind, then I guess that makes all the yeah. sense in the world, you know? Yeah, yeah. So I think if you if you are a fan of Mindy Kaling, of which I know a handful of people who are, yeah, this is a this is a good movie to see. Um, I I found a handful of things that I thought were funny um, and admirable. Her charisma and her sort of, she's very. Um, I can't think of the word. Uh, she's just a big, a really big fan. She's very in, endeared by, or uh, by Emma Thompson. She's really, she really likes Emma Thompson's character, mm-hmm. whose name I also can't think of. Uh, interesting fact: both Men in Black, both movies that I saw today, late night Men in Black, have Emma Thompson in them, and they have the main character's name Molly. So, that's interesting. All right. Like Tessa Thompson and Mindy Kaling's names are both Molly in their movies. So that's that's a weird connection. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's a fun, it's a funny movie. I, there's not, it was, I was not laughing like hysterically. There were a bunch of moments where I was like, oh, that, that's a, that's a good one liner right there. Or, wow, she really shut him down or, oh, that was pretty funny. But no moment that I like, I'm sure I was annoying to like the one other guy because he didn't say a word the whole movie. I, I also, I kind of, it was like me and another guy. And from when I saw the guy, I was like, he's probably also watching this for a podcast because he does not look like the demographic. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Uh, you know, it's 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 a good movie. I, I really, I don't have a lot to say. I'm kind of rambling, just kind of going back <laughs> You're to good. the same thing. Uh, I don't, there's not really any, any form to sort of digest here. It's a comedy. So it's kind of shot relatively blandly and there's nothing really exciting in editing or in coloring or in camera work it's kind of and and that is a general problem that i think a lot of people feel in in modern comedy the only person who's really doing like visual comedy is like animation and edgar wright Mm -hmm. and I've, i've seen like countless video essays discussing that sort of thing and that's a whole other topic but this is definitely a symptom of that uh sickness yeah. So, you know, I I am curious about this movie, and I do kind of, like this is of of the three uh, movies that I didn't see that we talked about today. I might say I want to see this one the most just because I am cu- like the Mindy Kaling thing. I do like her as a performer, and um, obviously, I believe she directed a few episodes of The Office. Probably wrote a bunch on that show as well. Um, I, I'm just I'm curious about her as uh, an, a person and as a uh, writer and uh, actress. So I think, yeah. and and this is something that this she's writing about. Obvi- like she's writing about a world that she knows. So mm-hmm. I think that there's a lot that she, a lot of uh, thoughts that she could have about that, and that sounds interesting to me. And I do want to check that out. But yeah, um, it's actually it's kind of funny because Mindy Kaling is 
obviously very funny. Like she's got all these um, uh, accolades behind her. She's written mm. episodes of The Office, like you said, and she wrote and directed this movie. And like that means that she wrote the jokes that other people say in this movie. Mm-hmm. And it seems as though like I was waiting for her to be funny in the movie. Like mm-hmm. I was waiting for her. Like I was like, this is you, is it not? Like is this <laughs> like you are writing your own character that will be played by you? And I'm kind of like, I've yet to be wowed with how funny you are because I know you're funny in real life. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering if like when she was, I, I hate to like, you know, to, to like get into her head when she's yeah. writing, but it's like, is she thinking like, if I give myself all the funny lines, <laughs> people think that I'm just like, chair, if I'm being unfair. Yeah. Which, you know, I don't know. I, I but, always think about that kind of stuff when uh, people write for themselves and if, especially when they direct for themselves. <laughs> Like, yeah. it's such a weird dynamic, and I know, you know, like, obviously they probably have the assistant director or somebody step in and direct, you know, help them direct scenes that they are in themselves, uh, but yeah. I always think about that kind of stuff, especially, uh, I think the one of the first, this is way off track, but I'm just going to real quick, one of the first times Dude. I really thought about this was when I was watching uh, Braveheart, and, <laughs> and Mel Gibson has a sex scene in that in that movie, and I'm just like... <laughs> How? Like, did he like? That's just a weird dynamic. Like, you're that's directing really, really a sex scene that you are participating in. Like, that's yeah. just such. It's so strange. <laughs> like, uh, and that's always ever since then. That's always something I think about when people direct a movie that they are also in. It's like it just. Yeah. I feel like it creates such a weird dynamic on set. Uh, but yeah, it's just. Weird antidote for me, but uh, here we go. Uh, you want to write this movie, and then uh, we can move on. Yeah, sure. I mean, it's like, yeah, I, the, but it's it's funny because it's like in the opposite way for this character, this movie. Like, like she didn't give her. I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah it, I, I just thought that was, that was really funny. Um, I give this movie. Well, it's got to be better than Men in Black. I mean, what I, I've forgotten what I give Men in Black. I was six I was neuralized. <laughs> six point something. This is a seven. I think right. it's a seven. Yeah, right. it's sweet, you know. It's endearing. It's got a good message. Good, good, good. It's good that these movies are being made because it sort of normalizes the idea that it normalizes women in Hollywood, normalizes women yeah. as writers in comedy, and that's that's something that I think that they did a good job at. Because like when she shows up and it's like an all male writers room, one thing that they they definitely did a good job at highlighting is like they don't respect her, mm-hmm. and they think that she was just a diversity hire. They think that she's like unqualified to be here which she technically is because she hasn't written for anything <laughs> before and she's kind of like got to prove herself. Yeah. So, yeah. See, that that's what makes me curious about it and that kind of thing. Yeah. All right. Um, well, we're going to move on real quickly to... I want to talk about more than one TV thing, but we're running a little late, low on time here. Uh, so we're just going to do one. Oh, and geez, then, this is a long episode. Yes, <laughs> it is, it is going to be a long episode. Um so, yeah, we're just going to talk about one, and then maybe the second one I'll talk about later and hopefully have somebody on to talk about that with me. Um, but we're going to start, and we're going to do uh, Chernobyl. Uh, this is the HBO miniseries that uh, wrapped a week or two weeks ago, three weeks ago. It, it, it was around Game Sounds about right, yeah. I think it was two weeks ago that it finished. Um, 
And this is something that as soon as they started playing the trailers before uh, Game of Thrones, I was like, okay, I am interested in this. Because, mm-hmm. um, you know, Chernobyl is something, like, that's something you hear a lot about. You, like, I think most people, like, vaguely know about it, but don't really know a lot of specifics. And this show, not only is it obviously very educational, but it is... In, it's incredible. This, 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 HBO <laughs> is just like, nice. I, I love what HBO does just in general. And I, this show got more and more popular as it progressed. I think by the end of it, it had like, <laughs> it, it was doing like, the, by the fifth episode, it was doing its best numbers. And it was, the show is so good. Like, I, I don't want to like, it's always hard with HBO shows because I feel like they're all like, most of the time, I won't say all, but most of the time, people sing their praises for days and days and days, and you hear about them forever, and then I feel like everyone always thinks, oh, man, this is probably not as good as people are making it out to be. I, I don't think we're going to have that problem with this. This show is so freaking good. It's It plays, <laughs> I, I've, told, I've told this to everybody who I've talked about this to, it plays like a horror movie. Oh. It is so haunting this whole thing from start to finish because all right you start with right before the incident uh where you know obviously if you don't know about uh chernobyl there was it's no i've never heard of that it's the uh it's the largest nuclear disaster in human history it's uh, uh there was a reactor that essentially blew up and there's a large portion of uh the Ukraine that is still um, uninhabited because of it. Um, it will be uninhabited for centuries. Yes. I think a couple couple more thousand years, yes. people will not be able to go visit the site of Chernobyl without wearing a hazmat suit, yes. I think, or some uh, sort of... It's insane. And uh, we start uh, with the first episode. It starts on the day of the event, basically right as it's happening. Actually, I think it happened. They, we open right after the explosion, uh, mm. and you just the thing is, you're watching every bad decision that just keeps compounding and compounding and compounding, and you're watching the because this is at the height of the Cold War at this point. Um, so yeah. the Soviet Union does not want any of this like getting out. They don't want this to be public. They don't want to admit that this is happening. And you start to see as the show progresses how just how long it takes them f- to realize and accept what is happening and, to, and then to do something about it and then to have people say, you're not doing enough, and then to keep doing more and to, they keep having to be pushed into action and because they don't want to admit any fault. They don't want to admit that anything went wrong. And you're just watching these terrible decisions being made, one terrible decision after one terrible decision, and intertwined with the human tragedy of it all. Because you're seeing these people who, yes, in the first episode, we're watching the people, the scientists in the building who are making these terrible decisions, who are saying, it wasn't an explosion. There was, uh, there's a fire on the roof. That's what it is. And they're making these fateful, big decisions that are just terrible, intercut with these firefighters who are called to the scene to deal with this, just what they're thinking is a roof, a fire on the roof. 
And it's yeah. just, it is, and you're seeing, and the and you very quickly realize that this is not going to go well for these firefighters. Um, and it's just, you're seeing the human tragedy of it all. And it's, there's so many moments of tension because the thing is, and one of the things that I love that they highlight in this show is, yes, the human tragedy of it all, but also the her- heroics that some of the, some everyday people had to had to participate in the things that people had to do to secure the site to make sure it didn't get worse um to save other lives all of these things that were happening that people how thousands upon thousands of people died to make sure that this didn't kill millions mm. And that's, it's something that the show really highlights, and I just loved every, I, I really loved every minute of the show. It is terrifying, it is tense, it is just everything you would want from, this is a five-episode miniseries, and it's everything you would want from a five-episode miniseries on HBO. I, I, I loved it. I think it's going to win tons and tons of Emmys, and it, rightfully, <laughs> rightfully so. Um, gonna steal all the Emmys from uh, from Game of Thrones, or something like that. <laughs> it's uh, very possible, especially given yeah. the uh, reception, even critical, of the last season of Game of Thrones. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, it's just it's it's incredible, and um, yeah, I I think it's very telling <laughs> that I don't know if you've been paying or if you heard anything about this, but you know, uh, Russia is creating their own version of the show. Have you heard that? <laughs> I have not. Is that that's true? That's very true. Russia has allotted oh, like I believe half a million dollars to create their own version of the show to essentially. That's not that much. Uh, I know it's not that much, especially in our terms. But you know, yeah. uh, they want to create their own version and tell quote like their side of the story. And you know, I I believe if if I remember correctly from when I was reading about it, they want to uh, essentially say it was actually the U.S.'s fault. Which I'm very curious to see how they how they how do they get to that point. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know about that, guys. Um. <laughs> so yeah, that'll be interesting. Um, uh, but yeah, I. If you are at all a history person, if you're at all just a really good drama person, this is this is the show for you. Honestly, it's fi- again five episodes. Um, they are five, uh, as we're going to use to describe this episode as well. Five thick episodes of TV. Yeah. Um, they're yeah. long and they are uh, full of content. This is not a show that you can kind of have on in the background. Um, so keep that in mind, but it's five hours that I absolutely do not regret. So um, highly recommend uh, Chernobyl and looking forward to it making its Emmy run. Um, is it going to be, does it qualify for this year's Emmys? I think it does. I don't know. I, does, I, think it, it does. I would have thought so. Uh, I didn't it, know Emmys worked in. Yeah, there's, uh, a, there's a weird cutoff, I believe in, there, I, think, I think the cutoff's in May, so I guess it depends what when the show premiered and when the cutoff actually is. Um, weird. I don't get that. Yeah. Well, I guess it might, you know, keep, let people catch up or something like well, that. Well, it, it also, it has to do with the fact that the TV season is like fall to the spring for most shows. So, you know, right. it's, yeah. they, they have to end it at some point, uh, to, you know, to figure out when the Emmys, you know, qualify and stuff. But, um, but yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. 
and performances. Yeah. Performances are incredible, by the way. Uh, I mean, yeah, you you've totally sold me on it. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna watch it. I'll probably watch so it. So haunting, well. dude. It's. Yeah. There's so many moments where you're just like on the edge of your seat, like just worried for these yeah. people. Like it's, oh my gosh, it's terrible. Um, wait, yeah. yeah, it's really good. Uh, HBO, uh, great stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're, they're they're good at the TV thing. Um, mm-hmm. They're yeah, they're good at it. Their, uh, um, they're good there. Yeah, their niche right there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Big Little Lies on season two, so I'm looking. Yeah. Uh, I'm very pleased with that. Meryl Streep is also going to make a very strong push for an Emmy. Um, uh, and then what else is on? Oh, Euphoria just started yesterday. I haven't watched the first episode yet, but I'm curious about that. Uh, that show looked really weird, um, but I'm all for weird. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, I think that pretty much wraps it up. Like I said, the other TV thing I did want to talk about was When They See Us, which apparently, I don't know if you've heard this, but it's the most watched thing on Netflix since it came out. Um, so really? it's Interesting. very much worth talking about, and we will talk about it. Enrique has watched it. I have watched it. So at some point, I'm going to get him in here, and we'll do something, something for it, maybe on the next episode. I, mean, I don't know. Most watched, according to who? Netflix? According to Netflix, uh, but they don't release their numbers, yeah. so they're at yeah. always only the only source that we can get numbers from. And they yeah. don't release actual numbers, except for very rarely. They sometimes do. Um, yeah. But yeah. That's what I'm getting at here. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's yeah, it's fascinating stuff. All right. Well, I think that pretty much wraps us up. Uh, this is where we really miss Ozzy because I suck at the outro. But again... Thank you guys for joining us. Um, Noah, where can people find you on social media? You can find me on Twitter at Noah underscore Rask and on Instagram at Brief underscore Intermission as well as at Noah uh, dot Rask, I think, on Instagram. Easy to get that mixed up. <laughs> All right. All right. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Cherry456. And make sure you follow us all over social media, all at Screenfellows, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube channel, website, all of it. Check it all out. And uh, we will be back at some point, hopefully later this week, but who knows um, with us. Uh, but j- again, just keep an eye on uh, the feed and I'm sure we'll have something up. We'll be back. See you later.